0: And for all the latest fight action, direct from Wales in the United Kingdom, 100% live, it's Big Fight Weekly, with your hosts Chris Hume and Stu Palmer. I look into the mirror, and all I see is now you're staring back at me.
2: And welcome to a special edition of Big Fight Weekly with myself, Chris Hume, and a pioneer, a legend of the sport, Mr. Joe Daddy Stevenson. How are you?
3: I'm doing good, Chris. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm all right. You know, um, considering it's a bit late now. Usually yeah, I'm having a few. Uh, it's about ten past nine at night now.
3: Ten past nine. Okay. All right. I normally go to bed about nine thirty or ten o'clock. So ten thirty.
2: Yeah, I, well, I, I get up at like half half four in the morning for work, so I'm usually... Oh, that's
3: awesome. I get up at 5.30, you you get up earlier than me, that's impressive.
2: Is, yeah, but it still kicks my ass every every morning, no matter how long, I've been doing it for about 18 months when I changed my contract in work, but it doesn't get any easier, it's still like a ball Like every time but, that alarm goes off.
3: Chris, life doesn't get easier, we get stronger.
2: That's a, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. I still want to throw my phone at the wall when it goes. The arm goes off. So I'm not going to lie to you. All right, I, uh, I want to start before we get into the, the blitz of your career. I want to you take me back to Joe Stevenson as a kid growing up and how he transitioned from just yourself to into a, a life of mixed martial arts.
3: Well, I think. Um... I went to, I believe, seven or six different elementary schools. Um, Life was complicated because, you know, my parents loved each other, but they didn't make a good team together, and we ended up moving around a lot, and Mm -hmm. I I think my my dad uh, ended up being diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia, and it made it difficult, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things at the house, so coming up in that childhood and then some crazy things happening to my mom and to family members to where they were out of my life for a little bit. My grandparents raised me, my grandpa uh, for like three years. My grandpa was like this amazing hero. He was taking care of my grandma who was bedridden. He was taking care of his three grandkids that were living with him. Mm. He was, um, he was a World War II veteran uh, POW. He he was just this hero. He used to wake us up before school, he'd be like, Wakey wakey, early bird gets the worm. And it's amazing. You know, he, I think he's a big reason that I it's not easy. Success takes a lot of hard work, you know, um, unless it's given to you. You have to work hard. Yeah. And I think that stuck with me. And in junior high, I started wrestling and started doing judo and jiu-jitsu um, my freshman year, or going into my freshman year, and just kind of ran with it. Um, it was a reason, had a lot of crazy things in my house. I didn't want to be around, so I wanted to be at the gym. And that oh. was my that was my second home.
2: That obviously, if everything happened, you know, as you were a child and you're growing up, everything with your parents and then moving in with your grandparents, that must definitely... Molded you to be the guy that you are now.
3: Yeah, well, you get to, you get to learn a lot. You know, now looking at it, there, like when I'm that kid, you know, you're gro- you're having to learn from the situation. That's really all life is. Like, that's a great, that's amazing that you know a family environment that somebody can take you in that loves you and is going to take care of you and make sure you're okay. Um but they're doing that while they have all this other stuff on their plate. And that's crazy. And that's what my grandpa was. He was amazing. That helped me where later on, like before high school, or I would go to before junior high, I would go to the track and run before and then lift weights. And then in high school I would do that and then do my wrestling practice. And I would do my club wrestling practice and I would do my club jujitsu practice. And I would do my club MMA practice practice and you know you you put in that time and the more you're in the sport the the better you become at it,
2: it seems like yeah, you, you mean you 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 open the doors to yourself considering with everything going on in, in your family um would you say that you know your your granddad at that point when you were doing your your, re- your college your college wrestling and you it to he was a a major like sponsor for you like he was there in your corner pushing you
3: my my grandpa was able to go to watch me wrestle in high school state in um at masters i had hurt my ribs pretty bad so i had to like um i i just i think i i took like 7th or i took like 8th and then going into state i won my first three matches my grandpa was there to watch it was the first thing he ever got to watch me do and I failed both times. I lost in double overtime and it but but it was okay because afterwards he gave me a big hug and said, I love you. And mm. you know, at that point, you know, when my grandpa was after grandma had passed, I was walking my grandpa to the living room and I was making sure that he was that, you know, if he needed to be changed, he was changed every every day by me twice a day. And I would bring his meals up and I would walk him back into his bed. And when he couldn't walk anymore, we used a wheelchair and um he's like a hero <laughs> so it was my pleasure I remember shortly after that he had passed away the next month and it was the same month that my dad passed away of like uh bone cancer so it was a very and then I was having a baby come like I think
2: Christ so it's like a steam train really well, isn't it
3: later, yeah so it was a lot of crazy stuff but it's what makes us, you know, the stuff we go through makes us, develops us.
2: I I I, I can understand. I um you know I'm I'm 36. Um I, I my um my best friend was um murdered when I was 18. Um, and it set me back a a, a hell of a lot of you know years really because you, you know you see it on TV and you know, on movies say per se, but you never sort of think it's ever going to happen to you and. It, it really messes with you and i i was a young lad where i i was quite i'm very outspoken and i don't mind telling you how i feel but that made me bottle things up but looking back now I, you know what i mean i progressed myself to get better with it but i had to, you know my my friends who were around me at the time who we were going through the same situation with him so, you know we all packed together so i i, I get where it, cool. things can change you
3: yeah that's something that like everyone that trains in, um, in MMA and Jiu Jitsu, they always think that they're going to start, they're going to start here and they're going to go here in a straight line. Like, bam, that's just not how it is.
1: It's,
3: Yeah. They plateau. It's, it's, yeah. Valleys. Bad thing is, bad things are gonna happen to you, even if you don't bring them on yourself. That's why it's so important to stay out of those bad situations, to, like where the bad environments. So you don't want to bring enough bad stuff is gonna happen to you without your help.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You just need to make sure that you're in the best position, possibly, to defend yourself, and that's what you do in life. So in mm. a fight. I put myself in a good position that if you do something, I'm going to be able to react properly too. And in life, you do that. You know, you put yourself in a position. You don't go take a holiday, and it, it wouldn't be a silly idea to take a holiday and not have a savings. If something bad happened to the holiday.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You know, all these things that could happen. But wait a minute, what situation did you put yourself in?
2: Yeah, I, I get that. I think it took me a couple of years to sort of find myself again and um i've martial mixed martial arts itself as a whole that that i never trained in it because i live in a very very small village in in wales um you you didn't get any martial arts sort of experience or any sort of gyms where you could sort of go to if there was boxing but it it was very
3: that's that's like that's over by scotland
2: Uh, where wales is um literally you know obviously you must know where liverpool and you know liverpool and manchester mm-hmm. so it, it's basically about an hour drive and then the country wales is literally on the on the left-hand side of great britain
3: so where and is newcastle a little below wells
2: no newcastle's uh right up by scotland
3: okay because i fought in newcastle so i kind of in summer and i got those and so wells is actually south of yeah uh, okay good i'm just trying to get it mapped in my head it's like California, it could take you like 10 hours to drive from the top to the bottom of the state, Mm. and we take that for granted, where we put ourselves in this situation where like, we're like, oh, you know, oh, you could be there in a day's travel, like, is that how it is in England? Like, could you travel from the top of the country to the bottom of the country in a day's travel, or is it this going to take you a, a few lot-
2: days? A fair, a fair few days, I'd say. So, if you started from, like, say, the top of Scotland, the all, all, all the way down to Cornwall, like Southampton, Cornwall, which is like, let's say, the last part of UK before um, the Isle of Wight and then France, yeah, you, you're looking a fair few days. It takes say if I drove now say from where I live in Wales to say London for example it'd take about eight or nine hours within with the traffic if the traffic was you know easier I to go saw the
3: weird app thing or not app it was like uh it was on like Instagram like where it was showing cool things on the computer and it shows an actual map and it's like because the the map that we look at you know the flat map isn't really super accurate as far as like size and proportion like greenland is far smaller than africa things like Mm. that um so i'm glad that you're telling me this in my thinking that you know that oh that's the size of california no it's much bigger that's crazy that is crazy
2: it is it it, well you know it really really as you say you look on a map you look you look at great britain it's like you know it's yeah quite it looks small but when you you know what I mean when you hear it, it, everything is quite it's massive really. And you know what I mean you got to look at it like you know Wales and then it's England as a whole, Scotland at the top, Ireland just across the water, and then Southern just below Northern. Yeah, it it, it it's it, it's difficult. It's 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 you jump from two different languages as well, Joe. So in Wales they speak Welsh. I I don't speak Welsh, so I can't give you any help there. And then you obviously go to England, which is richly on the border. And it's it's totally different again, and then you you you're, you're judging people's accents as well.
1: That makes
2: sense. So they can. That makes it. So do so, like people
3: from Netherlands, they would be that would be Ireland's on that the other island to the outside towards towards America, and then yeah. Like the Netherlands and everything, they're they're inland. How far, What is the widest part of that gap? Because that's the British. Uh, can, what is that? The canal? Uh, the, canal? Or uh, what what is-
2: the British Isles. Yeah. Well, you, I think in if you look at it. Um, so if you're on the, I uh, say towards London. So you're on the outskirts. You're more looking towards like Norway. And then so there's Norway, France, Belgium. On on the outskirts going that way, and then obviously going into Germany, and then Netherlands is just like then above that way.
3: I'm I'm sorry for asking, I
2: go to bed a lot
3: like at night. I'll watch Danny or like the History Channel or like on YouTube, yeah,
2: yeah,
3: things and everything. A bunch of craziness.
2: There's a message from our our good friend here, Don McGuire, saying, Hello, hey, brother Joe, hey, Don, and then he's got another question
3: um prior uh right a second ago with my buddy stan and some guys with cold combat right before <laughs> i was mm. like oh it's the clock i gotta go guys um and I... I have one of my one of my fighters is fighting in uh, a uk show right um cage warriors
2: good I, I see cage warriors is popping at the moment as you can see the rampage that british fighters had at ufc london uh back in march um Something that um, I, I, I hold dear to, my, to myself because I watched, uh, been watching mixed martial arts from, I don't know, I, I can't remember the year of Chuck and, and Ortiz for first fought, but that's when I first started watching UFC to MMA itself. But I've seen the progression of UK MMA where uh, you know they used to come in as bangers, didn't they? And you guys who were solid wrestlers or had the collegiate wrestlers who just take British put the British down and they wouldn't be able to get up. I what i like, like is now is just a change
3: i think it evolves i think um a lot of it what we've always said like our i thought um in this as um, we have wrestling in America whereas you guys have judo which mm. is where you guys have some submissions but in judo they're not allowed to grab the legs you know to to do the shot to take somebody down that's kind of important for mma but your guys' upper body it's almost like greco-roman wrestling you know it, it is impressive and it helps with your takedown defense mm-hmm. um and your offense so there's pros and cons to the styles it's it's just probably matchups it's uh in judo you don't want to stay on your back whereas in like brazilian jiu-jitsu you can stay on your back and you can work it but that's i guess that's a lot pop uh, more popular over there now
2: yeah in uh, the, in the- Much, much more popular, but wrestling's a lot more popular now. And uh, there's a few Welsh guys that are coming through, um, Jack Shaw being one of them. Um, And he's just, I think he's 16 and 0, and he's just got to the fifth, uh, ranked 15th in the lightweight division. Um, But his his wrestling and his grappling is phenomenal. And it's so nice to see that, you know, they're not typical bangers that just come in with power punches. He's mixing it up now. And it, you know, he, he's got he- heavy hands, per se, but he likes to grapple. And it, it reminds me of um a very young George St. Pierre. I know it's a big name to throw out there, but it reminds me of how he moves and how he transitions from, uh, you know, sh- his striking to, to, to grappling. It reminds me how J- George St. Pierre used to set people up very quickly by throwing a feint, get people to bite, and then take them down with a double leg. It reminds me a lot like that. Uh, what's
3: a- good so, like, for example, for that strategy, um, you have to really want to take somebody down for them to be scared of the takedown. Um, and then when they're scared of the takedown, it allows your hands to open up and your kicks. And uh-huh. so, you do that all of a sudden, maybe they're a better striker, but because they had to respect your grappling, they lowered their guard and now you were able to get some effective strikes that maybe rock them enough that you could get the takedown a little easier and but that also works against you too like maybe maybe it doesn't work that way so it, there's so many game plans and strategies when it comes to fighting and putting one guy against another guy mm. um it's beautiful i i compare it to like rock paper scissors I figure you have pressure fighters, you have movement fighters, and you have counter fighters. There's only three styles, and they're like paper, rock, scissors. Like, pressure fighter beats a counter fighter because they're going on center, and then he moves off center and attacks. Yeah. pressure coming into the counter. The counter fighter meets the movement. uh, He beats the movement fighter. You're moving, and I'm countering by being in position and punching where you're going. And then you got the... the, um, movement fighter that beats the pressure fighter because the pressure fighter starts chasing the movement and when you follow that's when you come into big shots Mm -hmm. and then the better guys they have an understanding of their style and their opponent's styles and they stay away from their strengths and navigate into their weaknesses and that's what you get that's how you get a finish in the sport
2: obviously um you've got children yourself um I, i have them as well myself um do they, do they partake in mixed martial arts? Do you bring them to the, the Cobra Kai, which is an absolutely fantastic name? And I'm sure since the show came back, you must be getting quite a lot of people calling in for that.
3: Yeah, except for like, you know, it sucks when you get like a, a Yelp review or a Google review talking about John Kreese and you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, for sure. And then you contact Google and you say, could you take it off? And they're like, no, that's somebody's opinion. was It's talking about the show... That guy is not here at our gym. <laughs> that part is not cool. Um, but I guess my son fighting, he fought a kid from Tahiti a little bit ago, and that was really cool. He was excited. And he's also competed in the USFL nationals where he took second and um it, it is pretty cool. There are some really cool things about that. I don't want to watch him fight and it's nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah, but I hope that he becomes like a doctor or a lawyer or he just has fun and just does this for confidence and self-defense. I mean, that's really, you got to know what you're fighting for. And when you know what you're fighting for, you can fight better. You can fight harder. And that alone is like priceless. Like, like me saying, I want to be the best of all time. That means everything I do, I'm going to try my very best to mm-hmm. to honor that. Whereas some people might put themselves in a situation where they're like, well, I just want to be famous. Well, those guys are fighting for different purposes and can still do it, but they're not going to put their body at risk or their life on the line, things like that.
2: Don's thrown another message in the USFL with John Frank.
3: Absolutely.
2: Um, So, obviously, it's good to see that, you know, Kids, one of your lads is sort of following your footsteps in a way. Obviously, you don't really necessarily want him to go that far with it. I wish my lad would do that, but I can't get him off Minecraft, unfortunately, Joe. He's stuck on that forever. Um, So when your child
3: wants a privilege, they have to do something to earn it.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, British kids don't like to play like that, you know. (laughs) You're in a battle immediately with them and it's you know we're going past world war three we're in world war 10 about you know when you know when you sort of clash with them but you know that, that's what british kids are like they're you know they just they don't give a shit they just
3: well it's something that you have to make sure it's uh you it's weird these younger kids growing up they almost feel entitled mm. and it's that's not a good place to find yourself because those people end up hungry you know you got to work your butt like you, you really got to earn um, your place. And that's something that we shouldn't get lost in translation with. Everyone gets a trophy. Everyone's a winner.
2: I don't um, agree with that. Yeah, I don't agree with that. So uh, that I, 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 I've always grown up here. You, you, you have a winner or you lose. That's how I was always grew up, I grew up with.
3: Yeah, well, and you had to deal with that reality. And that is why you deal with reality as an adult a little better, because you've already come to these bridges and you've understood okay how am i what am i doing whereas if you don't as a kid and then you come into the real world and you're like expecting you know something or a handout you know and then you start whining about it then people like don't want to even talk to you it's crazy Mm. it's better to do it earlier than later
2: my 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 gills were a bit better that way, but you know they 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 uh, they're all this generation where it, it's all it's all this it's it's all this it's all you know where you know it, it it's one of them where you don't want to battle with them, but at the same time you do want to show them a bit different, like the outside world. But we have three dogs as well, and uh, my my I would say my middle child Lily loves dogs, and it changed the way she does things. You know, she she well when I say we have three dogs, I have a beard, a dragon, a tortoise, a gecko, guinea pigs, <laughs> I could go on and on, but she's like mothers them, which is, it's really nice to see. And I feel like it's given a, some sort of you know, a leadership sort of way.
3: Sometimes that's what people need you know, um, in class. You'll have a couple of like problem kids sometimes and huh. you'll need to be like, wait a minute. If I put this kid in charge of the other kid that gives them a sense of responsibility and that can give them something to be proud about. And then and then you give them a little bit of praise. You're like, wow, you guys did it better than that group. Great job. And yeah. all of a sudden, they're coming to practice and they're on time and they're working hard. Everyone can be coached. It's just finding out which way to coach them and how they best respond to it. And that's the difficult part. That takes time.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, hold on there. Yeah. Hi, Lewis. How you doing, matey? Thanks for coming. Uh, right um as well like so okay i want to sort of transition now to your, oh,
3: your- okay. i have about five more minutes because i have to pick up my son from school today
2: that's not a problem i'll just throw a few more at you quickly uh i also i this is what i, I wanted to sort of talk about kingdom i fell in love with kingdom i love the i love the fucking show i'm not gonna sugarcoat it but i, I really enjoyed it i was extremely gutted uh, when the, uh audience network decided to cancel it um I'm seeing you there, um, but you know there's a lot of you that were in the show. If you are fighting, like Cub Swanson was fighting recently against Nick, Nick Jonas, How is it been around that sort of scenario? So you're obviously coming from becoming an actual fighter, but being in a, a studio and having to teach the likes of Frank Grillo or Jonathan Tucker or Matt Laura how to sort of how you do it in the real world.
3: Well, I mean, anyone can be a fighter like a a lot of those actors they're doing the same thing we've done like they're eating top ramen um because they're trying to they're chasing their dream and so you know the fighters are doing the same thing living sharing written rooms instead of having their own place because you can't get a full-time job because you need to be flexible you know all this stuff Mm -hmm. um they're fighters too. And what we what I did was we just we went through like a two week training course where they developed, and they've tra- trained five hours a day. um, and they they developed into the fighters and they it was amazing. They mm. were, you know, there was no strings. there was no like there's no like, all right, let's start it here. actually, it was all like shot live. Nick did that flying triangle to cub. Um, it was really cool because I got to be the fight choreographer and uh, and one of the MMA technical advisors with Greg Jackson, and I was able to like call on my friends like Diego, Gray Maynard, and Cub, and let them showcase some of their skills. And mm. it was beautiful. It was. Uh-huh. I learned a lot actually from the actors, um, as far as being professional and as far as you know. Really putting everything into it. They, a lot of those. Like I watched them cut like thirty pounds, like twenty five mm. pounds to to make that character. That's crazy.
2: I I gotta say, uh, watching it and you know, obviously Frank Grillo, great. Uh, you know the guy's been in everything. But Jonathan Tucker, Jonathan Tucker stole the show. Every scene he was in, he stole every scene. The enthusiasm and just the the character that he he made, it was outstanding. I think-
3: of Jay begs for everyone to care for him because yeah. you see that he's caring for these people and sometimes in the wrong way but you see that he's caring so you want to care for him whereas um a lot of the other characters you see them fighting their own demons but you don't know where they're coming from you know is it because they care for themselves whereas Jonathan you have many opportunities between his brother his mother and his father
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and friends that you see him make a conscious decision of caring you know of love um and you're like wow you know that he cares for somebody more than himself yeah i'm that guy yeah maybe he's a screw-up but it's okay to be a screw-up and i think that's fall in love with
2: I I I, I, thought, I thought it was just something that we didn't get properly um, like a proper show where it wasn't just about fights. It was about the, the fighters outside of the, the, the octagon or the cage per se. And I thought everyone sold their story perfectly. Um, well, they
3: kind of sold it too too good too. I think a couple of the fighters were like, man, um, I, I remember being at a couple of the shows and hearing fighters say, yes, that's a crazy reality show. You know, it's <laughs> just like, it's, no, that's scripted guys. They're he he wasn't an all he wasn't a national champ wrestler. He mm. hard, they worked very hard to portray that, you know, even their cauliflower ear. But I, I am looking at the time. I do have to say bye. And I'm wondering, it's gotta be late for you too. Now it's like 9 34.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've just one more question. This is from Don. How does it how does it feel in your heart when Terry Troublecock inducted you into the Hall of Fame?
3: That was actually one of the coolest things that has happened to me as an MMA artist. Terry, Terry legitimately has been there since I was a little kid. Um you know, I, I saw him when I was like 13, 14. And I you you've gotta really honestly appreciate Everything he's done for MMA because he's done so much. He's helped a lot of us in Southern California. He's helped Southern California become a mecca because he provided the ability for us to showcase our skills.
2: Okay. Uh, and obviously, Don's last while you're here for you. And it's just, you appreciate it. Yeah. And I also appreciate you coming on, Joe. Um, I know you've got to go. So I'll let you go. Hopefully, I can catch you uh, another time and we can have a, a bit of a longer interview with me coming discuss how you. At your career as a mixed martial artist um but you know i really appreciate you coming on and, and and give me your time um fantastic to speak to you watching you for years on the telly so i never expected i'd ever be you know sitting across from you on the screen and actually speaking to you so it kind of blows my mind a bit but i really appreciate you coming on no worries you guys have a great night thanks everyone for watching god bless take care take care Well, that was uh, Joe Daddy-Stevenson. Um, loved it. Um, thank you, Don McGuire, for sorting that out for me. Um, I really appreciate that. And, yeah, what what an experience. Um, but, yeah, thanks, everyone, who came and watched us and tuned in, sent in your messages. Um, I'll get Joe back on another time and get a bit longer uh, of an interview for him. Um, so thanks, everyone, for watching today's show with me and Stuart. I'm watching today's uh, interview with Joe Daddy. Um, So, thank you very much, and I'll see you next week.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.